It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington. Here with your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. And with me in the studio tonight, as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. What's up, man? Greetings and salutations to the top. Greetings and salutations, man. That's my I, new thing. I'm running on fumes right now, dude. <laughs> I am. We had an incredible night last night. Special thanks to everybody that came out to the second annual Last for Life we, it was a hard sellout, an amazing show. Um, Keith Alberstadt, the opener, was incredible. Bill was incredible. I don't know what the final count is. We should find something out in the next day or two. But Last for Life raised over 150000 for for uh, cancer, cancer wow. research for the International Myeloma Foundation and Cure Childhood Cancer. So I, I saw a couple of you guys checking in. I really appreciate it. Thanks for helping spread the word. And shout out to the sponsors. Forest General was the title sponsor this year, and and hopefully we can do it again next year. We it, we left out of there last night. Me and Kent started talking about who we're going to get next year. So if you guys have any input, hit me up and let me know. Now, let's move forward. We've got a very special guest in the house tonight. You all know him. You all love him. He was a quarterback here from out mid nineties. I'm not good with math. Lee Roberts is in the house. Hey, glad to be here, guys. I uh, appreciate y'all having me. Thanks for coming in. So we're going to bypass all. We'll come back to the news later on, but let's get right into it. We got Lee here. We got to take advantage of the time here. <laughs> How did you end up at Southern Miss? You know, when it came down to it, it it was just the right fit at the right time. Southern Miss ended up being the the closest Division One school to my hometown of Pace, Florida. You know, the whole recruiting process. I mean, it's changed tremendously over the years. But when I was being recruited, um, I was recruited from from camps. You know, from from playing a little bit. I didn't play really in high school until my senior year. I was actually – I backed up a guy that ended up going to Florida State, Dad Busby, yeah. which I got to go head-to-head against him in 1996, which was, uh, you know, a pretty cool thing. So, you know, I wasn't a guy that had a huge high school career where I, you know, put up a lot of numbers and, you know, mine basically came off of, of one season. But um, Wow. You know, I, I was recruited, like I said, through camps. I had gone to Manning uh, – not Manning Academy, the uh, Bowden Academy – Went, went up against Peyton Manning at, at some camps. Um, you know, and so that's kind of where I was able to kind of get my name out. I went through the whole recruiting process, would go to unofficial visits to, to multiple different schools, but it came right down to it. Southern Miss was right there in the end. And uh, Coach Mike Tollison was my recruiting coordinator at the time, and he knew my head coach. And, you know, there's a lot, lot to be said about, um, you know, the word of mouth. And my head coach was able to put out a word on me and, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, Golden Eagle is what I, what I became. Football's pretty competitive in Florida, especially in high school. I mean, was it? How was that environment at pace? You know, it was, and like I said, I played behind Thad, so a guy that you know went on to play at Florida State, another big time program. And if you look at just the whole panhandle of Florida, I mean, you know, whether it's baseball, football, what have you, there's a lot of big names that have come out of that area. Emmett Smith came out of Pensacola. Oh yeah. You know, baseball wise, Jay Bell. Uh, some of those guys came out of Pensacola. Now, my high school pace has been a, a huge powerhouse for baseball. Addison Russell has come out of pace, and you know, okay. but fo- football has always been a sport where you know we're going to produce, we're going to we're going to play um, top notch football, and we're going to uh, make some players come out of there as well. And for for a string of years, we had had some guys 
uh, that did sign Division One uh, scholarships and kind of dropped off a little bit. We had guys who end up going to Auburn, but between football and uh, baseball, Pace has really been a school that's helped produce some athletes. So, were you pretty much a baseball guy till your senior year? Yeah, I played. I played all three sports. What I I call the three sports: baseball, football, and basketball. And I ended up stopped playing basketball after my sophomore year. You know, just kind of it kind of ran into baseball, and that was the yeah. sport I was. Uh, uh, it was a very fun sport, but I was least good at. And, uh, you know, football I knew was my sport, but I was able to keep playing in uh, baseball as well throughout my high school career. And a lot of the guys you see now that are really, you know, showing out were the guys that played multiple sports growing up. You know, I think that, you know, with the players that are coming out, people are starting starting to get away from just concentrating on one sport and, and, and seeing the benefit in all the different sports. You know, one one sport help, helps the next for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, the the high school coaches will say, hey, if you play football, it'll help you in baseball and, and vice versa. And, you know, whether it's basketball or track or whatever you're, uh, whatever you're doing, you don't want to put too much emphasis on, on just one sport. And so a lot of guys are. They're, they're doing, uh, doing two sports in high school, and I think it's good for um, developing different muscle groups and, and giving muscle groups uh, a rest as well. You came in at, a, at an interesting time, I and mean, it was kind of the start of the – winning seasons for for coach bauer i think that started what 90 94 maybe right so what was that like to kind of be a part of the transition to bring southern miss back to the top you know it was awesome to be a part of it. Right. i asked the question then we go to break okay that's fine we'll come back we'll talk about that and a lot more all right lee roberts you guys come right back to us right here on to the top talk Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here with you in the studio with Jason Bailey and former Southern Miss quarterback and current Southern Miss football color commentator, Lee Roberts. So before Lee was so rudely interrupted by me not looking properly at the clock, we were asking him about what it was like coming into Southern Miss at a time where, you know, it was, it was until 2012, that was the last time we had losing seasons was, you know, 92, 93, 94, 95, we we come back six and five so you kind of got on the front end of when southern miss was kind of on the rise so what was it like you know coming into a program like southern miss at that time you know like like most programs you want to be able to come in and and contribute and and i was fortunate as was the the guys that were there at that time they can say they they helped start that that winning tradition at southern miss and i know there were some teams you know in the 50s the 60s the 70s in the 80s when the Reggie Collier era and, and as well as like the Brett Favre era. I mean, those guys contributed as well. But but from that 94 season to where we had 18 consecutive winning seasons, I mean, I, that, I was kind of in the middle of that. And it was nothing that I did. It was what this team did. It was what we bought into. Uh, it was something that Coach Bauer had, had, had brought to the university. And, and I think that's what Coach Hobson is coming back to as well. And uh, it, it takes a special person to have that, that Southern Miss mentality, and, and Coach Bauer had that, and what he was able to lay out to the guys. I mean, he picked the guys that would compete, in, uh, compete on the field. He, they would compete in the classroom, just good character guys as well. And, you know, just the things that we were able to do, we were able to buy into the program, whether it was the taking a very low budget and doing the best that we could and uh, to helping to, to fill that rock, to putting a good product on the field. And, you know, the guys that – um, you know, may not have been their stars of the high school, but guys that maybe the the coaches saw 
had potential. And once they were able to get to college and after a couple of years were able to then kind of uh, boost their, their athletic ability. And I think that happens here at Southern Miss. We're able to find guys that have more potential than what they've shown in high school. And, you know, some, some super names have come out of here, uh, out of Southern Miss. But, but just kind of getting back to the question, it was, uh, you know, very awesome. It was, it was a humbling experience to say I was, uh, well, I was here at the beginning of that, that big stretch of winning seasons. So you could say that's the Lee Roberts era. You mentioned the Brad Favre era. You mentioned yeah. Reggie. So how, how does it feel to have your own era? <laughs> you know, I was referred to have been playing back in the 90s by Austin Davis, which, uh, you know, then it didn't seem right. But but I guess that is right. I did play back in the 90s. So, uh, I, you know, I, I can't say it was the Lee Roberts era because there was, you know, there were some other guys that did contribute, but I appreciate the comment, though. What you got? You go ahead, Dave. You had a great great question during the break. Yeah, you know, when we were in break, I I mentioned the fact that, you know, you mentioned you were behind uh, Busby coming out of high school and that, you know, a coach had put in a good word for you as far as getting you uh, mentioned around Southern Miss coaches for recruiting. Well, these days there's so many, you know, services out there and Twitter's out there and Facebook's out there, so many platforms for these kids to, to, you know, put themselves in front of coaches. So what I'm wondering is because Southern – Southern Miss for the longest time was kind of built on, you know, finding those diamonds in the rough, um, much like yourself. <clears throat> so do you think it's better these days or worse these days as far as, like, I think it might take away a little bit from Southern Miss finding those diamonds in the rough since everybody can, can get out there? I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on the, just the recruitment tactics these days? You know, recruiting has definitely changed in the eyes of Division One football, and, and, and part of it is the, the social media platform to where, you know, guys – that have talent aren't going to be hidden. Um, another thing is you, you've added programs at South Alabama, the programs at Troy University. You've added programs at um, UAB that, you know, when I played didn't have a program. They've dropped mm-hmm. it, but now they're back. And so you've added programs like that that are Division One caliber schools that have a huge area. We used to get guys from Birmingham. We recruit well in, Bur- in, in Mobile. You know, so those areas that, where Southern Miss is able to go in and find those guys, now there's a university in that program. So it's it's a sales tactic. Tactic, and I talked to Coach Hobson yesterday, and you know you've, you've got to be able to sell the program to these guys because these these youngsters they can go anywhere they want. And it, and it happened to one recruit that's on campus right now. Come come signing day, he actually signed with a school that Jalen Adams. Yeah, did, yeah, didn't sign with the team that we thought we were, he was going to sign with, and uh, you know things end up working out and. You know, he came to Southern Miss, and, and I think he realizes he made the right decision by coming here. And, and, and our coaches, they, they do work hard. They get out. They beat the pavement. They, they sell this program. But once guys get here, they've got to be able to do their part as well. Mm-hmm. What was it like playing for Coach Bauer? You know, Coach Bauer, was a, a, he was a player's coach. He was, a, he, he was my dad away from, from my hometown. Um, I mean, I can vividly remember the time that he sat in my living room and, you know, talked to me and – you know, and, and those guys have to go, and they, they've got to sell that to parents because parents are losing their kids to university to, you know, a bunch of a bunch of coaches, and they've got to treat them like their sons, and that's what Coach Bauer did. I mean, he was he was there for us, and he, he made sure we were in class. He made sure we were in study hall. You know, he made sure we did the right things to where we were eligible enough to play on uh, on game day. And you know, Coach Bauer even today is a, a guy I can call up, and you know, I love to love to sit and visit with him and talk to him and. Uh, just a guy that brought a ton of, ton to this program. 
You know, so we've had a couple of guests on here that played for Coach Bauer, and they all said the same thing, that he had control over the weather. Like, when he went out, <laughs> it would like it literally would just dry up. It would be pouring rain. He would come out. It would just stop. So uh, definitely a special special coach and a Southern Miss legend. So you came to Southern Miss 1995. You are um, – is that right, or did you come in 94? Yeah, I came fall of 94. Came fall of 94, red-shirted. Right. Freshman year, 95. You came in a little bit. And I remember, you know, that 96 season, it was a special season. That's where you kind of felt like we had a breakthrough. That first game that year against Georgia, 11-7, to it sure was nice playing with that defense, I'm sure. You know, we did. We had a defense that was uh, that was unbelievable. And, you know, that black attack defense, that uh, that nasty bunch defense that, that was set back in, in earlier eras that, that we kind of built this program on. And, and, yeah, we've had some offensive success. But if you look at a hole at Southern Miss – I mean, yeah, we've we've had some big offensive guys coming out here. Don't don't get me wrong, but Southern Miss was was known for their defense, and uh, yeah, it, it made it made playing a lot easier for sure. What about practice? How did it make practice? You know, it made you compete. It made you go get it, and uh, you know, I can I can think back to the guys that that we competed against each and every day. I mean, whether they're on the defensive line or the linebacking core, you know, or in that secondary. I mean, you had to be on your game to to be able to move the ball against those guys. So I remember that that '96 season. All right, so we're we're five and one at the time. You know, wins over Georgia. We the only loss that that uh, at that point was to Alabama, just beating Louisville. It's Thursday night game, October 10th, 1996. Didn't know who the starting quarterback was going to be. So right when, before the game started, Lee Roberts, guy that we not everybody was too familiar with. You came in there and. Uh, First pass was incomplete, then you completed your next 13 passes. Tell us about that East Carolina game in 96. Well, I'm going to take you back a little further and just kind of give uh, any, any listeners out there that really don't know the history. So, you know, I, like I said, I was a guy that played one year in, in high school, and Coach Bauer sitting in my in my living room saying, hey, we need a guy that can step in and play right away. So I come on campus in 94, and partway through that year, you know, Heath Graham steps in and takes over as starter. So, again, he's a year ahead of me. So in my mind, I'm thinking, here we go again. I'm going to be stuck behind a guy that's only one year ahead of me. So what did that make me do? It it made me continue to work harder. And I went through some ups and some downs. And, um, you know, I got married my sophomore year. And, you know, I would go home to my wife and, you know, try to explain what was going on because I felt like I was doing all the right things but just wasn't getting my opportunity. And uh, so that 96 season, prior to that, I may have thrown one pass, and it was it was an incomplete pass on a on – a, uh, a, a bad snap on an extra point or a field goal. I don't really remember, but you know, not a whole lot of experience. And so that's why people didn't realize, you know, who, who this was coming in. Why is coach Bauer making this, this switch? Like you said, we're, we're, we're five and one at the time we've beaten, we've beaten Georgia. We've got a defense that's unbelievable, but we beat Georgia at 11 to seven. Yeah. Know? So not a, not a huge offensive <laughs> production. And, and that's what, that's what it boiled down to was, you know, we weren't, doing the things offensively. We had the weapons. We had the weapons out wide. We had the weapons in the backfield. We had the offensive line that could protect and block. And, um, you know, we just needed to make a move. And it was nothing special that I did except that I worked my tail off. And I can remember talking to my former high school coaches, you know, after after practice, after weeks of practice, you know, saying, hey, I, I feel like I'm getting there. I'm getting there, you know. And, and even the, the current Southern Miss coaches that I had at the time, were, were they were right behind me. And when that move was made to to name me starter, uh, guys came up right behind me. They rallied right behind me as well. And I was fortunate. We had a week off, and then it was a Thursday night game. So I had about a week and a half to prepare. 
So uh, a, a little extra time, but but I had prepared even to that point. So that was kind of something that I had done. I had treated every every week like I was going to play because that was what I wanted to. That was my end goal. And uh, you know, Coach Norman Joseph was the offensive coordinator. He tried to make things very simple that night. We only threw the ball sixteen times. That's really all we had to throw. Yeah. Um, you know, but we did we did what we needed to offensively. We did what we needed to defensively and special teams to to get that win against East Carolina. So you know, hats off to the guys that. That stepped up, rallied rallied around me, and uh, were, were big supporters for me. So the next few games, I mean, Southern Miss wins the next three games after that, gets ranked 24th, 23rd, and it comes down to a showdown in Houston. And in that game, it went to, what, double overtime. Eagles fell 56-49. to 49. You put up 398 yards and three touchdowns. You know, another, again, just my thing is hard work pays off. And, uh, you know, Credit the guys that were there with me as well. I mean, opening, opened up holes for the running game that helped open up the passing game. And, yeah, we were able to hit, hit some big big passes down the field. Uh, Kendrick Lee had an unbelievable night with over well over 200 yards receiving. And, again, defensively, you know, we gave up some. And uh, so that kind of led to that overtime overtime loss. But, you know, that, that team, that 96 team, was a, was a special team. Uh, we did a lot of great things. Yeah, we started the winning tradition in 1994, but that 96 team is one that really took us over the edge. If you can remember back in 1995, we lost uh, a home game to East Carolina, and then we weren't a member of the conference. We were just uh, an alliance. So East Carolina went to the conference championship. So we felt like that was a building point. But 96, losing that conference game against Houston in 96 and and them going to the Liberty Bowl, that stung. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So that kind of propelled us the next season. to where we wanted to make that mark. But um, that Houston game was, again, one that, you know, for a loss, that's one that I'll, I'll never forget because it, uh, it was a memorable night as, as far as offensively what we were able to accomplish, um, some, some great things there. But, again, not, not getting that win, that one stung. And, you know, it, that wasn't in a Todd Munkin or a Larry Fedora offense, I mean, to have those kind of numbers. So what would it be like to play in one of these offenses they have nowadays? That's what I was wondering. You know, they, these offenses, they, they move fast. And, uh, I mean, their goal is to, you know, catch a defense off guard, catch them, you know, when they're, when they're tired. It's a very, very up-tempo offense. And, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a different offense. I mean, it's a shotgun offense, which I would run shotgun maybe once every three plays if it was a third and long situation. But these guys now, I mean, it's a, it's a different deal because they're catching it and getting it out of their hand as fast as they can to a, a receiver that's running a – a screen route or a, a quick a quick slant over the middle, um, so it's it's a lot of reaction now. But you're right. I mean, these, some of these teams now are airing it out, and we, and we've had some guys that have had a huge success doing that. I mean, Nick Mullins the last few years, Austin Davis before that, and um, you know, hopefully this year will be a another big year. Whoever that guy is behind center, yeah, you're not going to tell us, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I knew. Well, you know, another thing that adds to that offensive stats is. We mentioned the defense earlier, how physical we play. Like when Carr was on, he talked about how physical Southern Miss defenses were. You can't really do a whole lot of that these days. A lot of that gets flagged. So you, you're kind of open as a quarterback to just go ahead and wing it. You know, if, if there's no hands anywhere, how would Perry Phoenix do in today's age? You know, may, there may be some uh, some more personal fouls. You're right. So, But, <laughs> you know, it it is a different era. I mean, it's got to be tougher for that defensive guy that, that normally would just kind of you know, pin his ears back and go at you. Mm-hmm. You know, now you you got to be shy shy about trying to get that uh, fifteen yard penalty. So it's a it's a different deal. It's 
the the game of football has just evolved. Like I said, it's it's so fast. Uh, these guys are just getting so much bigger and more physical that that they're trying to put more safety uh, aspects into it. And and it's changed it's changed the outlook of the game for sure. Yeah, you finished that '96 season. You still were conference co-champions because Houston, you retired with Houston, but to go eight and three with and not make a bowl that had to sting a little as well. You know it did, and uh, like I said, that '95 year, that '96 year, you know where we were the the next guy that would have gone to a bowl. You know now there's yeah. bowl ties in about six or seven in Conference USA, but but '95, '96 just one, and uh, you know even in '97 there were really only I think the two bowl tie-ins at the time, maybe three, I can't remember, but. Um. Yeah, it did stink. It was a it was a tough time. Guys, come right back to us right here on ninety eight point one FM and the Score fourteen hundred AM. We've got more to the top talk here with Lee Roberts in studio after the break. To the top. Welcome back to, to the Top Talk, your weekly break from all the high resource five propaganda. Jason Bailey in studio along with Lee Roberts. Before the break, we were talking about the '96 season. Let's get to the '97 season, a very special year for Southern Miss. You started that that year uh, at Florida. It was a tough, hard fought game. Eagles couldn't pull it out, but it kind of, you know, after that, Eagles bounced back and won what six of their. Uh, Six of the next seven games. Ninety-seven, a great year. You know it was, and uh, it it all it all kind of stemmed from how we finished in '96. So as we as we talked before in the break, that you know we uh, we fell one one game shy or one touchdown shy of going to that conference championship in '96. So we we had some unfinished business, and that was kind of our our motto going into 1997. And guys, just the the off season program was a was a different deal. The the Summer camp was a different deal, and we entered fall camp saying, "Hey, we're we're going to make a mark this year in Southern Miss football," and and we did. We lost to Florida that first game. They were coming off national champions a year before, so yeah. uh, a very very good team. We fell twenty one to six to them, but uh, but after that, we kind of put put things together and and found our rhythm and were able to do some things. and And uh, we had three losses that year, all SEC schools: Florida, Tennessee, and Alabama, and. Uh, you know, Southern Miss has always been that school that that would play an SEC school year in year out. I know Coach Hobson's uh, talking to his guys about about that, about the tradition of Southern Miss, and and being able to beat some of those teams. You know, in my eras, we beat LSU, we beat Georgia, uh, SEC teams, and you know, there's been many, many more since then. But but that year was one that uh, had three SEC schools on the schedule. Could couldn't beat any of them, or or didn't beat any of them. But but played pretty good each game against them and uh, ended up finishing finished the year the way we needed to with that conference championship and Liberty Bowl win. And one of those games was against Tennessee, squaring off against Peyton Manning. You know, a guy that uh, you know etched his his name in NFL history as he did in in college football history. You know, again, he's a guy that that didn't win that national championship as a, as a player was able to get it as a as a professional. But Peyton Manning, man, what a what a guy! What a what a competitor! What an athlete! And you know that's just one of many great guys that I was able to play against in my career. Whether it been offensive guy or defensive guy, but Peyton Manning, what a, what a guy that a lot of youngsters look up to, and uh, a lot of dads want their kids to be like one day. 
a, a week after that Tennessee game, you get revenge against Houston, thirty-three to nothing. What was that? What was that atmosphere like at the Rock? I know it was pouring down rain. You know, it was uh, it, it was a great atmosphere. Again, it was it, it was that revenge, as you said. Somebody asked me yesterday what was my favorite game at the Rock, and it it was definitely that ninety-seven Houston win. I can I can still remember them, you know, presenting us with the Liberty Bowl trophy um, because we were going to the Liberty Bowl, the conference championship trophy, and then yeah. uh, accepting the Liberty Bowl win, uh, bid, if you will. But uh, and, and seeing that goalpost be taken down in that south end zone and carried across the field and exiting uh, the north end zone—that's something that'll always be in the back of my mind. And you know, they they did a little—they do things differently now with goalposts and protecting it. But <laughs> but that '97 uh, Houston win was definitely something that I will never forget. That goalpost nearly took my head off. <laughs> I was one—I was one of the guys out there, and it actually landed on one of my buddies. And I was telling Jamie earlier. I remember the shoes that I had on. This is how much we love watching you guys and just fell in love with, the, with, with all the players and the team and the program in general. But I remember I got, because that's before the turf, so I got the lime uh, from the chalk, you know, on my shoes and just refused to, to wash them off just for the long They stayed on there until I had to just throw the shoes away. Because, I mean, it was just so fun watching you guys, man. I'm, 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 I'm glad you're in here. I'm glad that, I'm glad that, I, that I got Lee Roberts in here. Yeah, you got Lee Roberts that's my, in here. That's my contribution. <laughs> Lee, all my guests the past month, well, I got Bill Engvall. I did oh. get Bill Engvall on, so yeah, it's like I had a, we had a bad good. streak of guests for it was like it was just like oh. but uh, we got episodes out, so that's that's what counts at the end of the day. Or at the at, at the end of the day, we got to have episodes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so uh, we're talking about the '97 team, and you get to the Liberty Bowl, and a lot of the pundits, it seemed like they were kind of disrespecting the Golden Eagles. But we had Car Shannon on here earlier this year, and he said, you know, as soon as we took the field and hit him in the mouth, we knew we had him. Well, Carr was probably able to go through play-by-play play what happened that game. He, so he was. I'm he not, a, I'm not that thing. good or that yeah. detailed, but if you definitely need something, whether it be stats or, you know, who did what, who who wore the wrong shoe, you know, whatever. Look, he knew Carr, like where they went to high school. Carr, yeah. Carr is the man of useless knowledge, so he he's got the details, and uh, I'm glad to call him a friend of mine, so I can you know can get information from him. But but yeah, I mean that that game is is ultimately my my favorite game of all time. So my favorite game at the Rock was Houston in '97. My favorite game of all all time is definitely the Liberty Bowl. And you know we we've talked about Southern Miss defense, we've talked about Southern Miss offense, and different things that that those two units have done. But special teams that night was was special as well, and you know for us to go in there and 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 be the underdog, be the guys that that, that felt like hey we're gonna just come here and get our tails whipped and get out. That's the way people viewed us. But Southern Miss football wasn't that way, and we didn't believe that. I mean, from the day that that we accepted that Liberty Bowl bid to the the moment we walked off the field, it was it was all business, and it was all about Pittsburgh. And uh, well, it was all about Southern Miss beating Pittsburgh, rather. But um, but Southern Miss special teams that night was able to help us, and we scored offensively, defensively, and scored on special teams. So it was a, a three unit game that night for sure. We haven't talked about your weapons yet, but I mean, you threw three touchdowns that night to Sherrod Gideon. What was it like having guys like Gideon and Pinkston and Harold Shaw? You had a lot of weapons on offense. You know, we did, and uh, I mean, guys that you know made my job a lot easier. The offensive line been able to hold out the guys, giving me a chance to set, uh, set my feet, make the throw. You know, if it's off target, those guys opening their hips, making the making the great catch. I can remember, 
you know, Sherrod, he could just put it just about anywhere and he's going to make that catch. Todd Pinkson's going to be a guy that's going to stretch the field, go get a, he'll get a post route. And, and matter of fact, that game he laid out and, and caught a post game in that Liberty Bowl. And another guy, Eddie Shaw, was the, the, the third receiver of that group. So, I mean, uh, some definitely big names that I had a chance to throw to. And then you look at Eddie's brother, Harold. You got yeah. him and Eric Booth. Uh, yeah. You know, some, some local guys that Southern Miss was able to recruit and get here that um, did an unbelievable job. So we had we had some guys that, you know, that really stepped up. And then, um, you know, guys that were grooming, were grooming after that, like the Kelby Nances and the Brandon Francis of the world, too. So offensively, we, we had the weapons. And, and, I, and I would say that, you know, throughout the last, you know, 20 years or, or more of Southern Miss football, I don't know if there's been a, a better duo of receivers with Todd Pinkston and, and uh, Sherrod Gideon. And I was fortunate to say that I was a guy that could throw it and they would go get it. So it was, uh, it was an honor for me. The Golden Eagles finished that season 9-3, and three, ranked 19th in the country, swept, uh, ran the table in Conference USA, winning the Conference USA championship outright. That was also the first time Southern Miss had a quarterback throw for 2,000 yards while having a running back rush for 1,000 and a receiver uh, catch for 1,000. So, pretty remarkable year for the Golden Eagles. You know, it, it was. And, uh, you know, credit, you know, the whole team. Just the way that, that we started that year, how we approached the season, had that mindset that, that this was going to be our year. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that, you know, how we, we started the tradition of winning programs, the winning program. But that 97 season is what I feel like is is what turned the tables in Southern Miss football. It's one of my favorites. That's one of my. That was a very very cold game in Memphis that night. But it was wouldn't have missed it for the world. All right, guys, we got a few more segments left, so you guys come back to us. We're going to take a break right here on to the top talk. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. We're continuing our conversation with former Southern Miss quarterback Lee Roberts. So we just finished up talking about the 97 season, the 98 season, your senior year. You came out, you had, you, you lost a lot of guys after that 97 year. You lost like the Marshank Kennys, the Patrick Sertans, those guys, but still had a pretty solid year uh, that year in that 98 season. You know, we did. And, oh, uh, let me catch you. There you go. Yeah, the 98 season was uh, – you know, coming off that Liberty Bowl win, you know, we knew that we had to, hey, we had to, you know, even pick it up uh, that year. We knew Tulane was going to be, you know, the guys that kind of stood in our way. Sean King, uh, who had had a year, great year before, great uh, Tulane career. But uh, that 98 season just didn't go the way we had planned. Opened up at Penn State. Offensively played pretty good. Defensively, we, we didn't play as, as good as we wanted. But it was, uh, it was a team effort. Came away with the, with the loss there. Um, came back home and uh, maybe had played Lafayette or Southwest Louisiana, somebody at home, and then ended up playing Texas A&M. Um, and that was, a, that was a rough game for me. And my wife would probably say that was that might have been my, my worst game ever. So Texas A&M was actually the second game of, of the season. Had an open week during there. But I, I don't know if you all know that, but my, my son was born that week. Oh wow! And no, so, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah, so he was. I, I left practice on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, had him at two forty-seven 
on a Wednesday morning. And, uh, you know, so that, that was a rough week. You know, being a college student, having a son being born, knowing um, that wind's coming to town. Yeah. A lot's going on in the head of a, a 22-year-old I kid at the time. I cannot so, imagine. I can't imagine. Uh, you know, so, th- so that week in general, just preparing to, to play Texas A&M, a national powerhouse here at the Rock. And, you know, again, we've got every opportunity ahead of us to, to do the right things. But, um, you know, I come home went that Wednesday morning, get some rest. Uh, about 11 o'clock, I get the phone call. My son's sick. And he ended up, he ended up having group B strep, staying in the hospital for two weeks. So this kind of kind of went on for a while. So as, as a young dad and uh, you know a senior in in college, it was it was rough. Yeah, uh, we had some great family support, and even the coaches staff. Um, I know I missed the the Friday night movie um, before that Texas A and M game. So just kind of all this going on in in my head. So my wife definitely says that's probably the worst game that I'd ever play, and I'd I'd have to compliment that. I mean that. That definitely was, but but we played a pretty good team in A and M. They were able to yeah. rush rush three guys, get pressure on me, and drop eight in the coverage. And um, that's that's not e- easy to throw when you've got three guys in a route and eight people dropping deep. So um, so we started started zero and two my senior campaign, and uh, just not the way not the way we wanted to. And then finally, we was able to play Lafayette at home and uh, get that get that first win. So the eight season was 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 rough for uh, for the Golden Eagles. And they were known as Southwestern Louisiana. Yeah, I like to bring that up and point that out. They were Southwestern Louisiana. That's right. There was a, a <laughs> lot of different directional schools That's in Louisiana right. at the time. But you you bounced back. They had five TDs in that game, which was the record. Is it still the record? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not. Up. I'm not sure if that is or not. But but yeah. So that was uh you know I I got had a little bit of time being a dad at the time and uh, trying to regroup a little bit. But yeah, we were able to put things together offensively and and, and had a good production. So. Uh, we felt like that was going to kind of propel us, and then uh, the next week at Tulane again hit a hit a hit a major bump in the road as well. Well, you know, in your career, you went fifteen and two in Conference USA. That Tulane game was one of two losses that you had in your entire career at Southern Miss. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, so it was a. I mean, it definitely was a good run in, in the conference. The the other loss being the ninety six loss against Houston, and uh, you know, so I'd say both of those losses is what kept us from going to the conference championship game. So Tulane. Mm-hmm. Went to the Liberty Bowl in 1998, and uh, and I'm sure when Carr was on, he mentioned that he was a part of the Tulane staff at the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so at the end of the game, I've got Carr in one ear. I actually left that Tulane game with a concussion. Uh, the only only time ever in my career that I left due to an injury uh, with about two minutes left in the game. And, um, you know, just, just not a not not a good day again for, for Lee Roberts uh, to, to finish that night. But, but you know, it, it was uh, – it was a game that we started pretty well in the dome and uh, had a chance. We moved down the field, uh, fumbled the ball going across the end zone, and uh, I tell you, w- what happened for the Golden Eagles that day was the emergence of uh, Derek Nix. Oh my goodness, the baby bull! Absolutely. If 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 I'd have had Derek a, a few more years, or if he'd have been able to play, you know, even even earlier, if he'd have been any young, any older, um, you know, that guy could have helped contributed big time, you know, in my era, but. But he, but he ended up having a, a great career, and you know the way he finished, and now he's gone on to a great coaching career as well. But um, you know, Southern Miss has definitely produced some guys that have done some amazing things, whether it be the wide receiver, or the offensive line. We put numerous offensive linemen in the NFL, running backs in the NFL, and uh, and obviously a lot of quarterbacks as well. Last game of your career there, humanitarian bowl. Now, 
you guys were on oxygen, weren't you? <laughs> I mean, the atmosphere was totally different up there. You know, it was, and uh, you know, we'd mentioned the Liberty Bowl being a, a, a cold atmosphere. You know, actually, it snowed that week that we were there, and uh, and everybody knows that Boise is the blue field, so it was kind of an, an interesting thing there. But you know, if you compare the two games, and as far as the atmosphere, the Liberty Bowl was much colder uh, for whatever reason. But but yeah, we were in a we were in an environment that I'd say half our team just didn't want to be there. Yeah, and uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it was that way. Um, coming off the Liberty Bowl before, what the great experience that we had, and and not making it again in '98. Um, I'm not saying that's the way I felt. I was very fortunate and very honored to be able to go play in another bowl game. But but just kind of the morale of the team that week, I just knew that you know guys just that's just not where they wanted to be. Yeah. And uh, you know, un, unfortunately, and then I was talking to another guy earlier this week about when he played back in the '80s at Southern Miss that. You know, some some guys just didn't want to play that postseason game because it meant extra, extra practice. But, you know, guys, that's what it's for. It's for playing that postseason. Oh, exactly. All right, guys, we got one more break. Come right back to us. Midnight tea top jack in a cherry coke town. Mama and daddy put the roots right here because this is where the car broke down. Yaladon school bus. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. we got DJ Kirk Overby there with the Def Leppard. Sitting here with Lee Roberts. Now, Lee, a couple years ago, you joined the Southern Miss Football Radio Broadcast Crew as the color commentator. What has that experience been like? You know, it's been uh, it's been a great ride. I tell you, the my first year, just kind of learning the ropes, Vicks Purvis's last year, uh, I got on that express bus and drove to Mississippi State with the football team. Now, that was uh, an unbelievable experience. You know, the hairs on the back of my neck and my arms standing up. And, uh, you know, felt like I was getting ready to go back for a game. So, you know, I've got four boys. Um, you know, they all are very involved in athletics. Just they don't play football. They love football, just don't play it. And so I'd kind of been away from the game of football for a while. And uh, and this this opportunity helped get me back into it. And kind of my, my way to give back to Southern Miss and, you know, getting around the coaches, getting around the players, and, of course, learning from John Cox has been, been a great ride. So – 30 minutes before every single game at our tailgate group, we call it the Black Ops tailgate, we have a tradition. And Jamie gives up and gives us a little speech, and we take a shot. It's called the Funky Gold Medina now. We used to have a, It used to be called the Drunken Monkin, which is like the most perfect name ever, but you know, we decided <laughs> to get away from the coach's name. So anyway, in the spirit of that, about 30 minutes before the game, do you and John Cox have any kind of similar ritual to go down? Or? No, we're, we don't. <laughs> so we go live like an hour and a half before kickoff. Yeah. and. You know, some of that is a, a pre-recorded show, um, but about thirty minutes before kickoff, we're we're getting our last few things, you know, lined up. So because we know once once the game starts, there's not not much moving around. I know I know John; he very rarely even leaves his seat once that game starts. Um, you know, I'm able to get up at halftime and you know go do whatever I need to do because he's running the the halftime show. But it's uh it, it's if people don't know, it's a constant grind uh, doing color and play-by-play play on the radio but, but i tell you john makes it so much fun of course bo morgan running our sideline for us uh and i tell you some of the funnest times we have are actually on commercial breaks where we can talk amongst each other and you know talk about each other when nobody else can hear it so <laughs> there's a lot of fun that goes on for sure real quick quick thoughts on the 2017 southern miss football team you know coach hobson his second year um you know opening up with a team that we beat last year for, for his first uh First Southern Miss win. I tell you, we've got our hands full. But 
Uh, we're going to need all the support of, of fans and uh, all the sea of black and gold out there supporting this team. But as far as personnel, uh, this may be one of the fastest teams we put on the field in a long, long time. So we're very, we're very athletic. We've got uh, two athletic quarterbacks that are that are dueling it out right now. Um, I'm not going to say a starter because there is no starter. Yeah, but we may not know a starter till the week of. But but I know uh, Keon Howard and Quadre Griggs are are both battling it out. And you know I saw them both throw some yesterday. They're both doing really really well. And then Rodriguez, the freshman behind them, is uh, got a great live arm as well. So uh, the Golden Eagles and Coach Hobson. Uh, they've got a, a lot ahead of them, and uh, I tell you, conference championship is in the back of their mind, and that's what they're going for. That's awesome, Lee. Well, we appreciate you coming on. You guys, you can follow Lee on Twitter at Lee Roberts Five. You can follow us at To the Top Talk. Come back next week. It's almost football season, right here on To the Top Talk. <laughs>